Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan Show. Ireland's classic hits. We have been talking recently about Ireland and has it become dangerous? We heard in the news today that the US Embassy has advised visitors to Ireland to keep a low profile and to avoid walking alone. To quote, avoid walking alone if possible, especially during the hours of darkness. Do not wear or display expensive jewellery or watches to avoid carrying large amounts of cash. Avoid placing passports, cash, cell phones or other valuables in the outer pockets or backpacks or purses or on tables in public places. Other tips for American tourists are avoid staring at your phone while walking in public areas. Limit earbud headphone use while in public. Be mindful of your alcohol consumption. Keep a low profile. And this warning comes, of course, after the assault, which left 57-year-old Stephen Termini with life-changing injuries. The American tourist was attacked by a group of youths in Dublin's north inner city last week, and he was staying at a guest house near Talbot Street. We know a teenage boy has been charged. This and other recent violent incidents in Dublin and across Ireland, there was a person stabbed in Galway and in Limerick, I believe, as well, last week too, have prompted an outcry. In a short while, I'll be asking you, is this an overreaction on the part of the US Embassy? When you hear of an embassy giving a warning, you think, well, that's a big deal. That place must be really dangerous. Yet thousands of us call Dublin home. And although the recent attacks are horrific, they don't represent the real Dublin. An international warning like this is a signal to the rest of the world that this place has problems. But do we? It's a bit like when the teacher tells you your child is the worst in the class and you can't believe it. They're bad. But that bad? I want to know what you think. Is the warning to keep a low profile in Dublin by the US Embassy to American tourists way over the top? Or is Dublin really that bad? Has it become that bad? And if it really is that bad, why is the Minister for Justice still in a job? I want to take your calls. Do you believe Ireland, I won't just focus on Dublin, because there has been the same kind of antisocial behaviour in other cities around the country as well. Why do you think it's got so bad? The number is 087-188-0008 if you want to send us a message and come on the air and have a chat. Do you think Ireland has really become that bad? Now, before we take your calls, I'm joined, uh, joined by uh, the crime photojournalist, Porrick O'Reilly, who witnessed teenagers committing a brutal uh, assault uh, this week. Uh, Porrick, good afternoon, or good evening to you, should I say. Afternoon, you see, you're a busy man. You're doing two shows a day. Huh? <laughs> I, I, do you know, I, I never know what time of the day it is anymore. I'm losing track. I know, if you were... Um... If you, were, if you were RTE jockey, you would be uh, you'd be on serious money now. Oh, I would. I'd be, I'd be getting paid twice. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be if I was to go by Ryan Turbidy's money now. I'd be on nearly nine hundred grand. Oh no, I'd pay you beyond the figure. I mean, I seen your tweets uh, during the week, sure. and what actually happened in the situation you were in? You were obviously just doing your job, taking photographs, and what happened? Yeah, well, after the incident uh, last Wednesday that left our, our friend Stephen. Uh, in hospital, still in hospital, still in a coma, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I decided Monday, Tuesday, just to spend the day walking around to see, see, is it as bad as people are saying? Is it that bad? You know? Yeah. Um, 
And I have to report, sadly, and like I'm a dub like you, and we love this city, and it is bad, you know. And um, like we're talking, like we're focused on an area from anywhere from, you know, Amy Street right across, right across to the spire. Keep on walking up Mary Street, keep going, hang a left, cross the Liffey, big circle of a couple of k, and it's really bad. I mean, we have, we seem to have left this whole street uh, alcohol, uh, drug use rip away right mm-hmm. across the city right across the city we have these young gangs that they seem to like you're right they are young they, these are 16 year olds and 17 year olds they're just running amok like, like the, the six of them that were involved in this attack the other night four of them were wearing hoodies the two had them down and I'd say I'd say the majority of these lads are only 14, 14 years of age 15 yeah. max you yeah. know mm-hmm. but these uh, like I've seen it happening before they can pack a punch, these boys. Well, know? there's power like, in numbers as apart from anything else. If there's five of them and one of you and they're only 14, you probably haven't got a chance. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. yeah. If you're a bird, like, that's it. Yeah. And the story, they'll just get you to the ground and then, then they proceed. They always go to kick in the head. They go for kicks in the head. And on the video I have, uh, they're all laughing while this is happening. That chap was actually on the ground got a kick in the face. You know? Yeah. Like, that's... Jeez, that's not, as you say, that's not the Dublin Wiggle. Well, but I've seen, I've seen videos. Uh, I only seen a video the other night. Somebody sent me a video. And this girl and guy were arguing. I think she was the girlfriend. She was in her car. She got out of a car to give out to him. He was a real looking scrot. And he goes yeah. down, grabs her by the hair, smacks her head yeah. off the side of the car, then sticks her in between the door and the car and starts slamming the door on her. And then she's out Where cold on the ground and he starts kicking her. You know? In Dublin. In Dublin. And, and I say to myself... What have we turned into? I mean, what sort of human beings do that to each other? Yeah, I haven't been in, I don't know about you, Park, but I haven't been in a fight since I was in school at 13 years of age. I haven't uh, laid uh, a I hand on anybody. Uh, yeah, I've never been, I've never laid a hand on anyone. And I wouldn't mind, he was my best mate. And I lost. <laughs> it lasted three, the whole of three minutes. So, yeah. but I mean, what, what is with these children? And they are children. I mean, we've seen it in Cherry Orchard more recently with the Garda Sheikana, Ram and the Garda car, all that kind of carry, carry on. And, when, and the same night, by the way, of course, that Stephen Timoney, or Timoney, should I say, had life-changing injuries. There was a man also stabbed in Galway, who was also moved to Beaumont Hospital, as far as I know. And there was somebody else, I believe, stabbed in Cork or Limerick, too. Was, what? Limerick. Yeah, well, I mean, what is going on? Well, there's no... It's obviously, we know there's a big problem with, with policing in the city. It's particularly in Dublin City. Uh, and... Most people that were out, like we as journalists were allowed to work during COVID on the streets because we were deemed that, like, you know, communication sort of officers, so mm. necessary. So we were allowed to move around and observe. And geez, like, it was just like, you really know it's because the workers, the tourists, there was no one on the street, but there was, there was still people like accessing their drugs. Okay. Yeah. They had to come out with their drugs, you know? Yeah. Uh, the alcohol, and you could see them, and it was like a blank canvas. And then you have this, and you go, "Jesus, fucking thousands of these people," you know? Yeah, you know. And, and then, and it just—I don't know—since COVID, it's just got worse and worse. But, and but worse. if you were asked tomorrow, you know, by the Evening Herald or by the Times mm-hmm. or whoever, to grab a few photographs of you know the mm-hmm. problems in the city, you wouldn't have a yeah. problem doing it. You could just go out. No, as, no, you'll go out and find it. It'll come to you. No problem. That's why. Just like, go down, like, go down to the boardwalk on O'Connell Street. I mean, I was astonished. On, uh, sorry, no, on Monday morning, like the first thing I, uh, I decided, uh, I'm on the north side, I said, I got a dart in. Uh, and the first thing I came across was at the back of um, Tampa Bar there, facing out onto the keys mm-hmm. on uh, Lane, where a woman 
I've been stabbed and the, the remnants of the whiskey bottle, a nagging whiskey bottle was still there. She'd been stabbed by that. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then just walking up anywhere from Wellington Quay, go on to Merchants Quay, and it's just, it's crack cocaine central along there. It's I don't, I haven't been in the city in so long. I mean, the radio station is up in the three arena. And yeah. the, the last time I went down, I had to go and meet somebody down at the, the Hapenny Bridge, a bar down yeah. there. I was to meet a journalist down there for something. I can't remember what it was. That was about four years ago. And I remember walking down. I decided it was a nice day. I decided to take a walk down. And I walked down towards the boardwalk. And as soon as I got down to the boardwalk, there was a load of, you know, drug users boxing the heads yeah. off each other in the middle of the no. boardwalk. And I, like, no. it's just, and I said, and then I got down to the keys there where the Verge Mega store used to be. What, which key is that? Bachelor's, yeah, yeah. bachelor's key. And, and there again, more of them boxing the head off each other in the middle of the street. And I'm going, yeah. why? This is just, I mean, tourists seeing this carry on. It's just Sorry, dangerous. You've, yeah, you've, you've like, okay, you, you, firstly, the local Dublin people are going about their business, whether they're shopping, they're going to work, uh, have the kids, their kids with them. Uh, and you, you have tourists. I saw tourists the other day coming up along Merchant and around the Quay. They have to cross that. That's a really busy part of the city, you know, for cars heading, heading south, you know. Um, they have to cross the road with suitcases and that to avoid this clamber of crack cocaine and heroin smoking off tinfoil. It's mm. shocking. And pe- people just urinating against the wall. No regard no for Well, firstly, I think, Niall, it, it is sad. I mean, anyone that's caught up uh, like in drug addiction, is, it must be horrific. But they seem to get into this. They have no regard for themselves. And then they're not going to have regard for anyone else around them. You know, they're oblivious of their surroundings, you know. But, but it's our so, fault because I tell you, when I say it's our fault, it's not our fault. It's the Minister of Justice's fault. Um, she's doing the, the blame has to lie with somebody. And we're failing misery to, uh, miserably to police the streets. Now, I'm not blaming the Garda Sheikhana. They're under-resourced. They really are. They, but, we, but, but when, when, when sort of the, uh, the Kinnan Hutchfield uh, really kicked off, you know, at the Regency in February uh, 2016, the, the, the Garda were, they unleashed hell against these gangs. They were given, it's like, I think in a space of 18 months and 100 million spent on that, there was a load of new lads recruited into the armed support units. They were given another, I was at the launch of that in Kings Park when Northern Southern was commissioned. They were given another, I think, half a dozen um, Q8s. They were tooled up and they crushed them, you know? So yeah. we need, okay, we don't need, it's not, it's not a firearm issue. It's not, you know, it, it's not an intelligence-led operations we need the boys on the street. I mean, somebody suggested the other day, her name, I was on radio, another radio station, and she came on as a caller. And she was originally from Dublin, now living in Galway. And she was sickened recently on a, on a visit home here. But she suggested, like, well, why don't we bring in the army? Now, to me, that's... Somebody suggested that to me the other night as well, to bring in the army. That, that might be rolling down the road too far. But is it possible to second a couple of hundred lads from the army into the Garda force, put them in uniform, and just like in New York in the old days, put them on every street corner <clears throat> across the city. But that, that's what I said. When I was a young fella, yeah, when I, yeah. I lived in Edenmore, which was a rough joint. Oh, it's a career. I'm Rohini, yeah. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Well, we, mind, mind you, we used to say we lived in Rohini when we did, <laughs> because <laughs> it sounded a bit posher than Edenmore. <laughs> and and the roughers, the rough ones in Edenmore, you say we live in Coolock. Anyway, yeah. so, but I lived in Edenmore, in Edenmore Gardens, right? And I always remember, like, as a kid, you'd be out playing ball, maybe during the summer at night, at half nine or ten o'clock, there'd always be two guards walking around on the beat. Yeah. And there was only the five roads, and they just do just keep doing the five roads over and over again. They just walk oh, around. That's all they got to do. Yeah, and you're not going to, you're not going to, you're not going to go up to any 
bad with those boys around. No, because you thought they were there. And by the way, guards were, were different then. There was a different protocol. Right. You know, I mean, we had Smiley was one of them, you know, and he knocked the head off you. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? If he caught you out late at night and, yeah, and he knew where you lived. He knew where everyone lived. You know, he'd knock. And then there was another fellow, what was he called? The Ghost Rider, I think. He was on a push bike, right? <laughs> and so they, they would always they would always know where you lived and what time you should be home. And they'd say, if you were hanging around the street corner, they'd send you home. They'd tell you to go home. Like, so, and there was a healthy fear of them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, there's, like, there's, no, there's no replacement for that type of policing, like, say, community policing or local guards in and out. So, especially, like, uh, if strangers start to appear in certain areas, like, they'll collate them and see what they're at, search them, and then see what they're meeting, collate it, and if someone else new comes in, collate them, and you form a circle. And then you get a picture of, right, there's something happening at that house or it's this gang. Or if something happens, we know we're going to pick them up. But see, what, what they do in America is a very different situation. You've got three police forces. You've got the county police. You've got the whatever it is. The, something. Yeah. So you've got three, you have three different police, the local police. And, you've, so you, and they're all separate. They all operate separately, right? And so if we were to do something like that here where we had administration dealing with the administration, like a guard sitting in a guard station stamping passports, that's a pointless, oh, yeah, you know, or birth certs or whatever it is. No, yeah, yep. that's pointless. It's yep. a waste of guard of time. They shouldn't be sitting in guard stations doing paperwork. They should be civil <laughs> servants and admin staff doing all that for them. They should be outside. Yeah, because they serve. Obviously, like you know, there's a couple of them inside. So you know, in the big stations like Store Street, Pear Street, and they're like uh, they're observing like uh, high quality. A lot of banks with CCTVs. You know, we need their eyes. You know, because they they can see it and they can radio their colleagues. You know, but. Elsewhere, I think throughout the station, um, like secretaries and like like guys like maybe you and me on the front, you know, answering questions, uh, passports, signing in. Do you know what I mean? You don't have to be a guard to do that. You know? I mean, and it was Councillor Niall Ring was telling me that was either Niall Ring or, or Christy Burke, the ex Lord Mayor, was telling <laughs> yeah. me that if you went to the local district court there in town any morning, he said <laughs> on a Monday morning, he said there's about thirty or forty guards, you know, standing no. there waiting for a case to come up for somebody they've done over the weekend or whatever it is, right? And he said, yeah. what a waste of guard of time. They're standing in the courts all morning. And that's all yeah. across the country. Imagine how many guards all across the country are actually in courthouses. There's thousands of yeah. them sitting in a courthouse waiting all day for a case to be called. Again, yeah. that's a waste of time. You know, like a lot of the time down the country, like you can have a, the, the court or the local inspector will do the do it, the court. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he'll answer. The answers for everybody, you know what I mean? well, and that should be the way it is. You shouldn't have to have every single, particularly for you know, close, you know, open and shut cases. You shouldn't have to have every, or if it's going to be something that's going to be adjourned anyway. It, there's no need for the guard to be there. It shouldn't. He shouldn't have to be there. You no, know, but they are. Not. But certainly, right now, this is this has to be. This needs a, a solution. Whether it's a temporary solution to a, a more yeah, but what's you know, so what, what's term. what's McEntee doing? What's Helen McEntee doing? The Angus Hughes is putting boots on the street. Yeah. Now, I don't think by bringing a couple of lads up or girls up from Tappanmore is going to solve this. No, you know? it's not. A couple of old boys, hardened boys around there, wide boys to, to, to call this, you know? I really yeah. do. Yeah, well, well, look, we've only got... We've only got one minister for justice, Hannah McEntee, and as I said, the blame lies with her, whether she likes it or not. It's her department of justice. She's the one responsible. She has to take the blame. And, you know, all I've heard all week is sound bites on RTE. That's not going to do it. That's not going to cut the mustard. I haven't heard any suggestions, really. Yeah, well, I think she needs to uh, she needs to kick in her finance minister's door and get some money and get some boys on the street. Or, or if they're all on overtime, put them on overtime. That's it. And solve it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, just just finally, Borg, before you before you head off there, of course, I, I talked about Sinead O'Connor uh, just before there. Ah, man. Yeah, 
you you would have met Sinead yourself as well. Yeah, yeah, a couple of times. And actually, I tweeted it earlier on. I uh, one great crack day with her. She was heading off to um, to New York or not to LA, uh, 2012. And a old colleague of mine, the son, Ken Ken Sweeney. Yeah, know I know him. Ken. I know Ken. Yeah, and uh, he rang me. Said we'll go out and uh, have a chat with her. So we did a great crack with her for. 20 minutes, can bother an old magazine for the airplane and all. She's in great form, you know? Yeah. And I was just listening to your, you talking about it there and you were saying that, um, like, she was getting back to being, you know, in good form and yeah. uh, planning a bit of a tour. So, yeah, it's sad. Yeah, but that's in her, la- in her last tweet I was seeing there, back in London after 23 years, I'm very yeah. happy, happy to be home. So, because she had spent a lot of time there when she was younger. And she said, uh, looking forward to the future, you know, a tour plan for Canada and America for 2024. And I'm going, it seemed to be that she was looking in the right direction because as we all know, she'd gone through a very difficult time. She'd been in and out of rehab and gone through a very difficult time or not not rehab, but certainly she'd been in and out of counselling over the last few years. Um, And I genuinely thought she was back on the up and up again, you know. Yeah. But sadly, sadly not. Sadly not. Uh, Listen. Yeah, listen, Padre or Pork, thank you very much indeed, and I appreciate you coming on the air tonight and talking to us, all right? No, it's right. Not mind yourself. Bye. Right. There you go. Pork O'Reilly, crime photo journalist, and he himself notices it. If he's sent out by a newspaper, whatever it is, you know, to get a few photographs, that's his job. Um, you know, normally you kind of struggle. You'd have to go find stuff. But it comes to him, and it came to him the other night in Tabas Street. Same thing. You know, just 15, 16-year-olds. And that's what everybody's saying. It's that age group, that generation. There seems to be a, a, a cohort of these. I'm not saying all 15 and 16-year-olds, believe me. But certainly a cohort of them that don't seem to care. Um, a lot of people have a lot of opinions on this. But I want to know yours and what's the answer. Uh, the number is 87 8 That's 87 I get videos from different journalists sent to me on a regular basis on a WhatsApp group uh, of some of the violence around town. And I, some of it's quite shocking. And I'm getting the videos more and more. And it isn't any specific demographic, by the way. And before people ask, like, oh, it's the blade of foreign nationals in the country. Yeah, there is some foreign nationals obviously involved in violence. But there's equally indigenous Irish involved in it as well. A lot of gangs have been around Pierce Street, around the city centre. I was sent to one there tonight with a fight between Deliveroo drivers and some other young group of young fellas at a flat, at flats. But for the American embassy to put out a warning for American tourists, avoid walking alone. Don't have your any cash or jewellery on you. Keep a low profile. Don't be looking at your phone. You know, don't leave your phone or any of your valuables on a table in a restaurant. I mean, that looks really bad for Ireland. I want to know, do you think Ireland is really this bad? Do we deserve this reputation we've now got? And whose fault is it? The number is 087-188-0008. And what can we do to solve it? Let's not all point out the negatives. Um, let me go to Andy. Andy, hi, how are you? Hi, good evening, how are you? Good. Andy, do, I mean, do we deserve the reputation now? Yeah, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I think you, you, you said it yourself, man. Sorry. Um, Jumping on, yes, absolutely, we deserve the reputation. Um, I would be in and out of town, um, reasonably frequently along keys. I see drug dealing, you see people completely, um, as you probably described, off their face. 
Um, you see people sort of pulling their trousers down to shoot up in laneways, and you see large gangs. Um, mm. Not so much on the boardwalk, but you certainly see gangs. Uh, and my, my point that I made to the producer is that basically there's a massive problem. Um, I have two teenage boys now, and um, let's just say, unfortunately, one of them one of them did get jumped last year in town. I'm not going to go into it, but I'm sorry to he, hear that. he was nearly killed. Yeah, uh, down by Connolly. Um, brought back in a police car. Um, uh, then we went to A&E. And um, the, the, uh, he was sat on by about 10 or 12 lads. Um, now, what the policeman said, he said it's, it's like the Wild West around that area. You know, and if, and if a guard says that's it, um, you know, there, there's something in it. And, you know, it does not take a genius to sort of go, well, actually, the... Uh, that it, it's 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 there's, there's risk out there. There's risk of being attacked. And, and another real thing that I think is there's a massive sort of gang. There's a massive drive now towards gang culture that there never was when I was a boy, and that was many years ago. But the, with the with the advent of the internet and social media and all this stuff that you're receiving, there's an appetite in society for violence. And and uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I, but I don't understand it. See, maybe it's just my generation. Maybe it's just me. I, I don't understand it. I don't understand how one human being can kick the shite out of another. And when I see some of these videos, and there's a guy maybe on the ground, and there's a group of youths literally kicking his head. Because, because now, they, one thing is, right, and I'm going to say this, if you want to go and be absolutely shocked and appalled, go and Google drill music. Uh, if you haven't sort of come across it. And it's basically like sort of gang... I mean, it, it's sick, violent, um, aggressive, you know, uh, rap music that, you know, um, pertains to sort of violence and money is the, the key to life. And there's lots and lots of, let's say, a Dublin, you know, Dublin artists, if you want to call them that, uh, involved in this. It's absolutely horrendous. And I'd recommend that everybody goes and sees it. And then you might understand what's driving a lot of this sort of gang culture because, you know, it's, it's, it's horrendous. But do you, you, but do you think kids are different nowadays? I mean, when you look at even... Now, I know this might sound stupid. Maybe there's no evidence to back it. But no, but here's another thing, right? Video games. When you see kids playing, you know, the, these are the kids that would have played Grand Theft Auto, uh, Call of Duty, think, which they can be des- desensitized to violence. Do you think they I, I are? Think, I, I think scientific, you know, research has shown that if you put a kid playing Call of Duty and then show them some sort of actual real life uh, tragedy, they, they they don't respond the same way that people are shown it without playing violent video games. Before. So absolutely, there's an effect, but is it the real cause of of the problem that we've got we face at the moment? And I would be arguing that really social media, the widespread use and sharing of violence, and, and there's horrendous stuff, horrendous I've seen stuff a lot of it, I've seen a lot of it. And, and WhatsApp, and all this sort of stuff, and, and the TikToks, and, and everything else that's out there, that basically people go, oh, let, let's post this, and let's be sort of, um, let's get likes for it. And, and, and that's, that's basically how shallow and crap society's gone. So it shouldn't be too shocking to think that children can be drawn into this, and then see this as, 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 the, as the way forward. And, and hey, presto, what do we get? We get people getting, you know, injured on the streets in, in an 
and 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 ultimately the American Embassy going there. Don't go to Dublin, lads. Because yeah, mind you, now with the greatest respect to the American Embassy, there are parts of, of America that you wouldn't want to visit as well. So I mean, they can't really talk. At least we don't have guns, mind you. Some people do, um, but in saying that. It's not a good reputation to have. It's not good because we wear the land of a thousand welcomes. You know, it doesn't look like that at all now. Well, I, I think, like I say, there's, there's a number of reasons why we've got this way. And I don't think you can blame it on, on, on one individual because it's society. And, and yes, the guards are underfunded. And yes, I, I worked around town in 2016 when they did have the armed police on the street. When, when, when I was sort of in Smithfield and you pull up a set of traffic lights and there's a Toyota Land Cruiser next year full of, you know, cops wearing balaclavas and, and ballistic helmets and, and carrying machine guns. You know, that was that mm. was what was going on around just after that, all the shootings that were going on. And yeah, they were down there, you know, checkpoints on the road. But that's that was quite targeted at um, criminal organisations as opposed to what we're seeing now, which is youth culture and... and the joining in of gangs, which then... Okay, well, well, hang, well, hang on for a second. Let me, and, and Caroline will be with you in a second. Just let me go to Alan first, because he's been waiting a while as well. Alan, hi, how are you? Good night, how are you? Good. Alan, do we deserve this reputation that the American Embassy are giving us? It's, this is not good for tourism, but do we really deserve it? Well, well, we really have heard about this, that the American Embassy didn't call it out, because well, my opinion is we need to come down and hammer, hammer down on top of this now and stamp this crap out. And having Helen McEntee prancing around with a couple of guards around her in the streets to save. For, fo- for a photo now, shoot. She needs, she needs to be removed. She's the same woman after that poor teacher was, was raped and killed that said she's afraid to go out running herself. She's the feckin' minister for feckin' just who doesn't take her head over her own arse and do her job. But people will still vote her back in and she'll still get the, she'll still get the, words, the words in RT, you know, the, the sound bites for herself. These little scumbags need to be dealt with. Why can't we have courts running to midnight or one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. So if a guard arrests someone in the street to bring them straight to court, yeah. Dolan and dust it there and then. Why, why are we doing this? See, this happens in the liberal left-wing society. You get, you get people who can't be held responsible that they get away with everything. Oh, well, yeah, but there was, a time, there was a time when Johnny, you know, 14-year-old Johnny or Mary, if they did something wrong, they were chucked into St. Pat's. They were, they were yeah. the days. St. Pat's is gone now, as you know. Well, and, it's probably full of migrants now or something else. Well, well I don't know. It's gone anyway. We don't have those kind of juvenile centres unless you commit a very serious crime. We don't have... Uh, there's Oberstown, all right, for very serious young offenders. But we don't have somewhere we can just chuck, you know, teenagers. And and I think we should go back to that. They should be put into some sort of boot camps. Or, like, I mean, look what they do in America. You're 16, you commit a crime in America. You got into a cell. You yeah, know what I mean? but that's what, that's what should happen. Well, do we, do we have a couple of army barracks that are lying empty at loan or somewhere? Put them in a cell for a couple of weeks, calm them down, you know what I mean? Yeah, why, why can't we turn these into a place where, do you know what, if you're 16, you commit those crimes, you're going there for three weeks, and have the guys, whether it's the, the army guys there, that will just make them feckin' suffer and put them through crap and teach them a lesson. And if their parents want to step up, then they can pay for it, or the parents can go join them there as well, the cop on. But we're not, we keep dealing with this with kid gloves and go, oh, should we're doing our best. Like, so uh, they have bad. Are, they have a bad upbringing. I gotta love them. Yeah, but it is it is time to come down, hammer on this now, and, and deal yeah. with these people. Yeah, sorry, Andy. What are you trying to say, Andy? I'm just, I'm just, I'm flabbergasted. You actually think you're gonna have enough resources, you know, to actually round up all the little petty drug dealers that are out there that are sort of, you know, touting the wares, and then all the sort of, like, say, the upper level violence that goes to support that stuff. It's, you know, it's endemic in society, and again. You think like shipping out a few 
few squaddies onto the street and, and chucking a couple of lads in is is going to change what we've got. I, I think really. Well, then what, well what's going? To, well, what, see, we're all telling each other what's wrong. What's going to sort it? Root cause is is address how the effing hell we ended up this way, and 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 I would actually argue a lot of politicians down the sort of the. Well, I'd say it's out of capitalism for a start. I'd say it's the whole sort of joy of how we are so manipulated by by the internet that we can't even... Well, you can't, that well, you can't stop that, unfortunately, Andy. That's not air call. Well, well that's... That, it's not a fault. This is, that's what I'm saying, though. This isn't actually just saying this is a fault. This is to blame somebody. This is where we are. And I think you need to, let's say, respectfully have a look at how the fuck we ended up this way. You know, and, and a lot of it is... Yeah, as you said, what's the big difference between me... And, and kids these days, well, we didn't have smartphones back in 1980. That's for sure. You know, it was, you look stuff up. It wasn't the instant Well, in the UK now smart. today, I know they're suggesting banning smartphones in all schools. Yeah, and, and what a good idea that would be, because to be honest, I, I bet you every teacher in Ireland would agree with that. Because mm. they, number one, people use smartphones to intimidate people. Record them to video. Them. That's, that's exactly so the problem. They're video and recording, everyone. bullying, they're recording, yeah, exactly. bullying, everything. And, and then they're sharing it, Niall. And then we've got absolute fucking idiots that have an appetite for this stuff, that think it's great and it's harmless. And then we actually sit there and go, we're having this conversation about we've got to the stage, ultimately, where the American Embassy is saying, this isn't a safe place. But it's, it's a result. It didn't just happen. It's, you know, no, it wasn't just that one incident the other night. That was just a, that was just a nail in the coffin, so to speak. I had 27 years living in Dublin, and I started living in the mountains. And I used to drink down in Campions on the North Wall. And I've been, let's just say, I've, I've toured, you know, Dublin over the last, you know, number of years. And I, I drive and I'm out and about and I see things and I see the change in society. And absolutely, you know, we've, we've gotten from, you know, once upon a time in 1996, we didn't have North. North Face was a brand for Mountaineers. Now it's the, the, the uniform of every little sort of wannabe. And like I say, you go and look at this gang stuff that's out there in this real sick, sick, Niall. Um, okay, okay, well, well, hang on. I want to bring Caroline in as well. She's waiting ages. Caroline, hi, how are you? Hi, Niall. Um, Caroline, do we deserve this reputation? We do. Mm. We do. We do. The only way to stop this is to bring harsher. They, they need to be named and shamed. Kids need to be named and shamed. They need to be put into a place like bring Pats back, bring some places like that. Now you know I'm a bus driver. I drive buses every day in Dublin, and what I witness is horrific. I witnessed the intimidation. I, w- I was sitting yesterday outside the Wax Museum, mm. and the Lewis could take a good while to go by. So I was sitting there for at least about five minutes on a bus, and I witnessed three boys, and they were no more than 14. And what they were actually doing to one man walking across, they kept following this man across the O'Connell Street Bridge. He was standing at the traffic lights, yeah. and no matter what way he turned, they were up against him. And he kept kind of turning around to say, will you leave me alone? This man was in his 60s. And they just wouldn't leave him alone. And then he turned down to go down the keys and they followed him. So he said, right, I'll, I'll go back up. It's every day I see it. I yeah. see kids getting their phones robbed every single day. I see kids getting beaten up every day. What I witness every day is unbelievable. Yeah, because and you're because only, you're in and out of the city all the time. Yeah, so oh, come here. I'm even throughout COVID. There was no such thing as a lockdown in Dublin during COVID. I had to go to work. I moved out of Dublin years ago. I wouldn't go back to Dublin if you gave me a house free mortgage. I would never go back to Dublin. What I witnessed, and I witnessed children, innocent kids getting on the bus and 
they would go upstairs and I just say to them, don't go upstairs, sit downstairs. Because I know if they go upstairs and a gang gets on or someone else gets on, I can't protect them. Yeah. It's terrible, you know. And to me, the only way to solve all this, right, is kids know today. Kids know that they can go and they can wreck a bus and nothing can be done. They know they can go into a shop. I see them going into pennies and annoying the security people. I see them going into all the centres and all that. And they're robbing. And there's nothing the security can do. There's nothing you can do against these kids because they know the law is with them. And if you touch them, if you touch them, you're up for assault. Yeah. Yeah, but not only that, they know they can do all this. And well, we've also we've also stopped we've stopped the police the guards from doing their job. I seen an interesting story in the UK there today. A police officer in the UK uh, watched a burglar climb out the window of an apartment down the gutter, and he tased him. I think as he got to the bottom of the the gutter. Right, the police officer got twelve months community service. Yeah, it's terrible for tasing a criminal. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. All I see is, you know them Deliveroo cyclists? Now, I know yeah. they're always in and out of traffic. I can't, I, I'm not going to give out with them. But I see them getting attacked all the time. They're delivering. And even on TikTok, that's all you see on TikTok, is them getting attacked all the time. And it's terrible. Like, I, it, it is terrible that you can't walk around Dublin City anymore. I'm from Dublin. I don't even feel safe in Dublin. I would be a very brave person. But at the moment, I don't feel safe anymore in Dublin. Because so do you, so, so because you're witnessing all this and, and you're seeing the old man getting intimidated, you see kids getting beaten up, you see all. The, do you see many guards? No. But even when I do, if I do see one or two guards, they're just walking around. Their, their hands are tired because there's nothing they can do. Yeah, but are they present? Isn't that a problem when you don't see a presence no, of guards? Really. No, Carla? I don't see guards, and the same with checkpoints. I never see a checkpoint. I travel 220 kilometers a day up and down to work. And I never get through a checkpoint. Hmm. I think the last checkpoint I went through was about a year and a half ago. I haven't, I haven't been through a checkpoint. Well, the last checkpoint I went through was through COVID on the motorway. Yeah, I have. That was stopping people from leaving the six K zone. That was, that was, yeah. that was. But I had a, a, like, an exemption, so I was fine. But that was the last checkpoint. Eden I Key is the worst place. Eden Key and Bachelor's Walk and Aston Key is the worst place. And you'd see all the tourists walking up and down towards Guinnesses and all that. And all you could see is kids on bikes and they're in and out of traffic on these scooters and they're just fleecing the phones off people and grabbing the, the jewellery off people. It's not good. And you see them, I see the Chinese. So no, was what, you, what you're saying is this warning the embassy has put out to tourists, we deserve it. Yeah, yeah like I know you said a second ago about America, right? I love America, right? Mm. And there is places where you'd never go. You'd never go downtown LA. Yeah, you, you'd, yeah, you'd never go you parts would... of Chicago or anything like that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, there is places, right? And there is places that you wouldn't probably, people say, well, don't go near that place in Dublin. But O'Connell Street, our main road, should not be like that. No. And O'Connell Street is not, and like, I do look at Cleary's. I've been looking at Cleary's every day since it's been rebuilt. And I'm looking at it and I'm saying, Look at the amount of money that's gone into that and the business and what it's going to do. And when you walk outside that, what the crime is outside, it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, a, and it's, it's a Oh, well, well, everyone says it. I mean, O'Connell Street's a kip. Sorry, Alan, what are you trying to say? Yeah. Right, it's, it's a terrible indictment of this country, right? That you get the shit kicked out of your life, battered to a, to put to an inch of your life, right? And you'll, you'll, you'll wait for guard because they're on the resource, right? Well, if I say a couple of hearty words there on, on social media, I'll have the guards around to arrest me for offending someone. <laughs> that, that, that's where we're going. Well, that's, well, where well that's what the Minister for Justice has been very focused on lately, which is the hate speech laws. In other words, let's, let's really focus and spend our whole year focusing on laws that might, we'll bring in in case we hurt somebody's feelings. But in the meantime, yeah. people are going around kicking the heads off each other. 
Yeah, yeah, there needs to be a place in Ireland where kids have to go. If you're bold, if you do something wrong, and I don't mean like, I mean, if you attack somebody, you rob somebody, you're selling drugs. Like I have a 15-year-old son, right? And you were saying a few minutes ago about playing Grand Theft Auto, right? He plays Grand Theft Auto, but he's a good kid. He's never going to be involved in crime like that the way you're. So you can't kind of say all 15-year-olds are like No, no, I, no I'm, but, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not saying it's the game directly that makes them do these things. Yeah. But what I, what I did say is I do believe these games like the Grand Theft Auto or Call of Duty or whatever it is, that, you know, and some of them are really violent, you know, because I know I play them because I have, yeah. you know, but I think for younger kids, I think, I'm not going to say it makes them violent because there's no statistical evidence of that, I don't think, but I certainly do believe there's evidence to show that it does desensitize them to violence. So in other words, they're, if they're willing to look, play Grand Theft Auto or Call of Duty or whatever it is, and they receive a video by WhatsApp from one of their mates of somebody getting their head kicked in, they laugh at it. Yeah. Instead of going, instead of being horrified by it. Do you know I mean? do believe it's scum where it's scum. Oh, I no, you're right. You're right. It's, it's thugs I, I raising well thugs. Yeah. Classic Hits Radio. We were talking to Caroline before the break. There's a bus driver who first hand sees everything on a daily basis because she's basically the eyes and ears of everybody because she's driving around all day through the city. But let me just go to Maliki. Caroline, wait there for a second. Maliki, hi, how are you? Yeah. Good evening, Niall. Okay, well, I mean, look, you're working close to the city there as well. Your your office is close to the city, but not as close as yeah. you used to be when you're on Talbot Street. Yeah, I was on Talbot Street. And just to, to clarify where this attack actually took place, it took place in Star Street. And I don't know why people keep saying Talbot Street. It took place about 20 yards from the biggest police station in the country. Okay, but now, that's, yeah, but that's just one attack, Maliki. We're no, talking. Yes, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I know that now. But yeah. I'm just making the point that if somebody can be beaten to that level, by a gang of young thugs outside a police station. The biggest police station happened. in the country. You know, there's yeah. something fundamentally wrong. And how many times have we been on, on your programme and, and other, other programmes going on about the, the level of antisocial behaviour and crime in the city? Not just in Dublin, but in Limerick, Cork, Dundalk. Every town and village in this country now has a problem. So, and, so know, what is the problem and where did it all well, start? OK, well, I, I'll deal with those things sequentially. Now, one of the things you, you, you mentioned was about all the cops that would be up in the CCJ. In general, that has, that, well, that has changed. Now a court presenter, a sergeant, will deal with all of the cases, and a cop doesn't need to be there unless he has to be there. So that's, that's changed, right? Mm. Well, it was, it was Christy Burke was telling me about that the other day. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm in the courts regularly. Yeah. That's the position. The cops are only there if they have to be, and that will only be when they to give evidence about the actual case, right? Mm. Well, how do we solve it? Right? Firstly... If you were going for trial in the circuit court, right? Now, remember, most people are, go to the district court first. And you will be at least six or seven months going through that before you're sent forward for trial, before you get your boot of evidence, right? You're sent forward to the circuit court. You'll appear in the circuit court. You will get a trial. If you were in there today, you will be lucky to get a trial date before the middle of 2025. There is nowhere else in the world that that happens, right? And you're on bail for that time, right? Now, if you're charged or not, the, the problem in this country is one of, well, one of the problems is the bail laws. There should be no automatic right to bail. People should ha for, who are in for serious offences, like, for instance, somebody charged in relation to this particular assault or any other assault, they should be denied bail, as they are in every other country, and they get a swift trial. We have a system here that seems to, to penalise the victims continually. We don't have enough judges. We don't have enough courts. 
And it's all very well people saying courts should sit through the night. Judges are often called in the middle of the night to to courts to, to have somebody arraigned before them or, or you know, charged mm. before them or brought before so they can be remanded. But, you know, there's no real difficulty in keeping somebody in a cell overnight and bringing them up to the CCJ at half ten in the morning. I mean, that's not, one, that's not the problem. Years ago, you had a guard, a sergeant in the station would decide if you were to be charged. Now it's a file to the DPP. It sits in the DPP's office for God knows how long before somebody decides whether there should be a charge or not. And you're out um, running around the streets in between. But, but here's the thing, Malachi. Well, I've well, read Rubbing. No, and I know, well, well, hang on. I'm short of time and I'm going to come back to you after the news anyway, right? But in relation to what Caroline is saying, let's deal with one thing if we can. Before they even get to the point of being charged and going to court, we're talking about, you know, antisocial behaviour, which many of them don't even end up in court. You know, the ones that give someone a, a, the odd hiding in town or intimidate an old man, as Caroline's seen, you know, walking through town, or the, the, the drug users, they never go to court. They're boxing the heads off each other on the boardwalk. You know, all that kind of stuff. They, you, people robbing mobile phones, they don't end up in court. They never get caught. So how you do... You need a visible police presence on the street. You can walk from Connolly Station to the boardwalk via Talbot Street, and you won't see one cop. That is a problem. They need to be on the streets, and there's no point in sending five foot two young flies out who are straight out of town. Well, where are you going to get these people? Where are you going to breed them or something? Because well, 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 that... well, firstly, we need... To... Who would be a cop in this country? You would want to be mad, Niall. Look at what happened to the guard who um, was trying to stop three well-known burglars who drove the wrong way down a motorway. Luckily, they only killed themselves rather than other people. He's now facing charges. You know, what does that say to a cop? It, it says to the next cop, well, I'm not going to chase them. Let them do what they want. You know, there, there's something fundamentally wrong in this country. And when you have a minister for justice, and, you know, I said this in a speech earlier, it, you know, she's the worst minister for justice we have had in this country. And that's... And, and, that, and that's your opinion, OK? Yeah, that's your entitled well, 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 let's say... If, we, if the, the vote in the GRA tomorrow of no confidence in the, in the commissioner and Drew Harris passes, well, then he'll have to go. And then she'll have to go with him. Now, there is no... Well, well, the, well, the, well, 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 well the, the blame does squarely lie at her feet. She's responsible yeah, but, for crime and for on, preventing Niall. crime. You cannot have a minister for justice in a country which is lawless, who goes on maternity leave twice during her term of office. And they appoint a bigger clown in our place. You know, there's something fundamentally wrong and it's a total disrespect for the electorate and the people of this country when the political class seems to think it's totally exempt from the, the, the consequences of its actions and that political office is there for them, not to serve the people, just for, for their egos and for their... You know, she walked down into Star Street the other day, you know, for a photo. I saw the, I saw, I saw, I saw the photograph, yeah. And one only has to look at Pascal beside her to know what he thought of it, and it's his constituency. You know, it beggars belief that these people are anywhere near the levers of power. And I suppose it's somewhat thankful that they really don't make the decisions in this country. That's left to the, the gobshites in Europe to do, <laughs> you know, because... OK, they, but look, we've got, we got over time here. Uh, if they had their hands on a nuclear button or anything. Yeah, well, we've got over time slightly here for the news, but I, I do want to come back to Caroline very briefly. Caroline, you've been listening to Malik, you said he believes the court system is a huge part of the problem. The delay in getting people, to, uh, you know, to trial. The fact that, you know, you've got tow rags who commit crimes 
petty crimes be it and they're out on bail for two or three years you know what I mean before they invent, eventually He's 100% right mm-hmm. Everything he said is completely right We need to change the whole law system in this country You know like people are going to prison for no TV licence but if you attack somebody you don't go to prison doesn't make sense. There's a woman in Cork in, from Cork in prison you know? for breaching COVID legislation, for not wearing a mask. Yeah. I remember that, yeah. And yet, an individual charged with a very serious assault is rammed in the streets to beat more people up. You know? Yeah. And well, all of these kids have previous convictions. You know, previous. Have you, by the way, have you, Caroline, have you, well, sorry, Caroline, have you ever been attacked on the yes. bus? No. Thank no. Thank no. You. And I'm 20, 21 years driving. No, I haven't. But, um, I was kind of, I was on O'Connell Street one day and I was nearly mugged only for somebody kind of came behind me and caught cop, like, yeah. the person that was kind of going to do it. But no, um, and I don't have me screen up, which I should, like, you know, but um, yeah. no, I don't. I never have been, you know, okay. but I don't show them any fear either because if you show people fear, then yeah. they kind of walk all over you. But no, no, I'm happy. I'm happy on the bus, but um, yeah. I do what I witnessed going around Dublin. It's just scary to think when I started all them years ago it was completely different. Mm. And know? so you've seen the change in the last 20 years? Oh my God, yeah. I've seen the change completely. And it's, it's, scary, for, it's scary for our children growing up, growing up. What's going to become of them? Like, I don't want... My son just say to me when he grows up and he gets older, he's going to go into... Like, if he goes into Dublin, I'd be going with him. Yeah. If he goes <laughs> nightclub, I'd be behind him. Yeah. Sorry, Maliki. <laughs> he'll be emigrating because there'll be nothing here from him. There's nothing here from, no. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show.